0: the boss amino and you're not so big welcome to life is unfair the malcolm the middle podcast where we watch and talk about every episode of malcolm the middle in chronological order today we're talking about reese comes home which originally aired november 7th 2004 was directed by todd holland and written by matthew carlson hi i'm jake and i almost killed myself
1: with bisquick once and i'm david and he blubbered like a baby (laughs)
2: <laughs> and I'm Eric. Pie. Pie. Pie.
1: That's fair.
0: <laughs> All of those are great. Well, before we get into the uh, episode, welcome back, Eric. Thank you. It's been
2: so long since I've been here. It's, wow, what's, what's even happened? There's been a whole
0: season?
1: No. <laughs> I mean, we are technically in a new season. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: feel like I haven't recorded with you in months and months. <laughs> no, oh, wait. <laughs> it's been like once a week for a month. I was gonna say.
1: <laughs> I got one week off, like...
0: <laughs> Which I also forgot that we, like, jokingly kicked you off of that podcast on our show. <laughs> and we're like, it's just gonna be Jake and Jared. <laughs> One of the our episodes <laughs> that Eric came on and then you weren't in the episode. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we should have just ran with it instead of him being like actually too sick to come on. We should have been like, yeah, no, we we told we weren't David. We, we weren't
0: that would have <laughs> been hilarious.
1: I can't wait to listen to it. It's in my queue. I'm so far behind on podcasts. Fair. <sighs> Your queue episode is in my queue.
0: <laughs> Synergy. I wish I had remembered it was a joke that we made. <laughs> i was on there same because <laughs> i forgot all about it until i was editing <laughs> yeah. oh yeah that's funny now right
2: <laughs> i'm still waiting for those emails too well i mean by the time this airs it'll been have been several weeks so i'm oh, sure yeah. i've got yeah, yeah. lots and lots of emails but as of right now did you just release that episode today and nothing yet but We'll see.
1: Future Eric is getting inundated with uh, <laughs> arguments, you know, saying how wrong he is.
2: <laughs> I mean I'll accept any kind of email that comes my way. Well I...
1: <laughs> Careful, I know some Nigerian princes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, uh, Eric, why don't you tell people about your show that, that we've been talking about with this? Mysterious Q episode. Oh,
2: thank you. Yes, it's File Under Entertainment Podcast with Eric and Guest. Uh, you joined Jake, as in you, uh, not David because he was too sick to discuss Queen and also Quinn. It's uh, I guess it's a music podcast this season where myself and a guest each bring an artist that we discuss the songs on the episode and yeah, yourself and also Jared from Feathers and Friends. Uh, chose Queen, and you guys brought six songs to the table. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, as it always is.
0: Absolutely.
1: Which I have yeah. to say, I'm a little disappointed that you guys didn't choose Bohemian Rhapsody for one of them. Fucking I mean, just because I want to listen to that song in the middle of the podcast.
0: Look. <sighs> If you're complaining about the absence of any basic bitch songs, you need to consult Jared. (laughs) Yes. Okay.
2: He's he's definitely the guy to go to.
0: (laughs) Yes. That was his contribution, was the basic bitch songs, and then I bring the obscure ones no one's heard of.
1: I see. That's why we had
0: six, because we had our list of five, and we're like, well, we'll start with the ones that overlap. There's no overlap.
1: (laughs) Nice. Uh, See, I knew you would... Mm -hmm. I knew you would take the most obscure Queen songs ever.
2: No, yeah, he was going deeper into the catalog. to Like, everyone has heard those songs that Jared selected. You know, Jake was getting a little bit, uh, like, deeper into the, the cuts. So, uh, a more appreciation for Queen than...
1: Jake has a particular thing that he does. With any of the bands that we, like, grew up listening to that are, like, mega popular... He's like, oh, well, I'm not going to listen to those songs. Everyone knows those songs. I'm going to listen to track 29 on the B-side of the Black album that never got released in America.
2: Oh, the, the correct <laughs> approach is what you're saying. I'm with you, Jake. I'm right there with you. Yeah, I mean, you can uh, hear those played out songs on Top 40 radio anytime you want.
0: Exactly. <laughs> also, shout out to Ogre Battle by Queen. Underrated song. <laughs> so if you want to hear more talk like that, head on over to File Under Entertainment. <laughs> because that's a music podcast. not like this. Which is a Malcolm in the Metal podcast.
1: I'll be back on there soon. Very soon. You can get more chaos from me.
0: That's true. We'll be back for the uh, S episode oh shit we
1: need to make our list for that anyways moving on this is a podcast too
2: actually probably by the time this airs you guys will have been on the S episode so that might be fresh off the presses yeah so
1: you're right you're right (laughs)
0: yeah And before we get into this week's episode, we have our community segment looking back on some polls from last season. And specifically, we are looking at Victor's other family first, uh, which for that episode, we both agreed that uh, Malcolm was shittiest kid. Because he was. For being uh, jealous of his cousin, his fake cousin Jerome, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for wishing ill on him, and uh, it was also, you know, still in the uh, David uh, before times where he's choosing Malcolm
1: for everything. Yeah, yeah, that that <laughs> thing you forced on me.
0: Mm, that's that's one way to describe it. <laughs> yeah,
1: the true way. And uh, half of the
0: audience agreed with us, as we had a tie. Wow! Between Malcolm and Reese.
1: Ah, uh, okay, I can see, I can, I'm like, Malcolm's definitely worse, but at least I can understand, like, why the audience voted that way, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I think it comes down to, uh, what you imagine Reese did off-screen in that episode in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's fair. <laughs> then, uh, for least shitty kid in that episode, we both chose Dewey, after I, uh, had some clarification on what happened with Hal's, uh, blind race. With him. Right. And the internet agreed with us on that one. Hell yeah. Dewey uh, won with 50% of the vote, with Reese and Malcolm both getting 25% of the vote. Okay. Then we also have our results from part
1: one of Reese Joins the Arm. Oh, man. Man, the, this, this is the series of... Man. Yeah, th- 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 this was
0: this was the important pull.
1: <laughs> uh huh. How'd
0: it go, Jake? Well, for least shitty kid, myself and Eric chose Francis for you know stepping up and helping Hal and Lois in this time of crisis. Uh-huh. Uh huh. While you very controversially chose Dewey as least shitty kid for, for uh-huh. of the episode for being ignored.
1: It was controversial to Eric, not, let's not say controversial. Mm, no, it, it was controversial.
0: No. Again, it wasn't. Again, Anyways. your choice was crazy. Eric's choice was also crazy. <laughs> 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 and the internet on that one agreed with Eric and I, as Francis won with 55% of the vote. Nah. With Malcolm and Dewey both uh, tied for second, with only Reese getting no votes. <laughs> Then, for Shittiest Kid, we both chose Malcolm for, you know, cheating with his brother's girlfriend. Correct. And Eric chose Dewey for being selfish throughout the episode. And he made an impassioned plea for people to (laughs) vote for him for his choice of Dewey, claiming that this is the worst that Dewey has ever been, And then obviously he was the shittiest and even asking people to send him emails of support. And I am happy to say that the audience did not side with him this time like they did when he accused Francis of
1: murder. Right? (laughs) Thank God. There's hope for the world.
0: Right? There's Malcolm one with 63% of the vote. Uh, with Dewey coming in second with 27% and a lone vote going to Reese. Jesus. But, uh, boy, uh, it's the closest I've ever followed one of our polls throughout the
1: week. <laughs> uh, That's fair. That's fair. I mean, that, that poll had a lot riding on it, that's for sure.
0: I would have been worried for the soul of our audience
1: right had <laughs> yeah. sided
0: with Eric on this one
1: yeah same we might have <laughs> we might have had to reconsider
0: something uh, would have created a democratic crisis on the, the podcast <laughs> <laughs> have to reconsider <laughs> this whole poll thing. but uh getting into the episode of malcolm in the middle that we're here to discuss oh that's what that's what we're doing this isn't another file entertainment podcast
1: look anymore when the three of us get together to podcast i can never remember which show we're here for (laughs) i just look at my notes that's the only way i know (laughs) but it's always fun oh definitely
0: all right so we're we're here to talk about zolar x right Uh, obscure 70s glam rock band from California that dressed up like aliens.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds good to me. Let's roll with
0: it.
1: (laughs) I hate that I know what you're talking about. (laughs) But uh, the
0: episode starts with a cold open that's also sort of a recap. They sort of blend the two together this time as uh, it starts with just uh, like a close-up of Hal as he is sort of explaining what happened in Reese Joins the Army Part 1 and 2, including some, like, clips as it goes into, like, his flashbacks as he's explaining it. Then it, uh, cuts away from Hal, like, finishing this, like, sob story up, and over to a girl in a Girl Scout, uh, uniform, telling him, Listen, I don't set the prices. It's four dollars a box. Do you want any or not? (laughs) And uh, Hal buys a box of Thin Mints.
1: Yeah, he sure does.
0: Which uh, is the correct choice. Best Girl Scout cookie.
2: Why are you so disappointed by this selection of Thin Mints?
1: Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later. Okay. (laughs) Wait. <laughs> what? Don't worry about it. We'll talk about it later.
2: <laughs> like in the show, or is it something you don't want to get canceled for because you're going to be like, I'm taking down the whole Girl Scout cookie complex.
1: <laughs> yes, I secretly have an evil plot to take down the Girl Scouts of America. No, no, we'll talk about it in the show. Don't worry. Okay.
0: <laughs>
1: it all ties in.
0: I'm sure it does.
1: It's Brian Cranston. Everything's connected.
0: That's fair. Someone should really do a segment
1: about that someday. (laughs) Yeah, they really should.
2: Yeah, I can't believe it hasn't been done. You guys, (laughs) in your show, nonetheless, wow. It's a a real missed opportunity, Jake. I
0: know. Maybe someday. (laughs) Uh, But then, uh, getting into the episode proper, I decided to divide this up into three plot lines. As the Malcolm and Dewey stuff, uh, and the Hal and Noah stuff, like, happens side by side, but is kind of, like, weirdly disconnected throughout the episode. And we are going to start, um...
2: With the F plot. You always start with the F plot.
0: Oh, yeah. You know what, Eric? You're right. Let's start with the F plot.
2: <laughs> and we're done.
0: <laughs> All right, moving on to the next plot, Right? Right, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think we're actually going to start with the Hal and Lois plot. Uh, and what do you think David has named that plotline, Eric? The Rambo plotline, because hes
2: <laughs> they're trying to get a, uh, well, he's not really a prisoner of war, but they, I mean, he, he is a missing soldier, so I, yeah, I'll go with the
1: Rambo. You're never going to get it.
0: I'm going to say he named this the MB plot for Mama Bear Lois.
1: <laughs> First of all, that would have been the MBL. No, this is the STL plotline for SEAL Team Lois.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: That's a good one. Thank you. Thank you. I, th- I thought you guys would enjoy that one.
0: That, that's a good one. Well done. And, uh, it starts at the Wilkerson house, where Hal is telling, uh, Dewey and Malcolm that dinner doesn't have to be tuna surprise. <laughs> it could also be chicken surprise, or beef surprise, but there will be a surprise.
1: Uh, I remember being that poor. <laughs> Everything was something surprise, because we didn't know what we had in the cabinets.
0: Fair. <laughs> But uh, when Malcolm says that uh, Hal could just wait for Lois to get home to cook dinner, he says that that's not going to happen because she is off talking to some army administrators. Then uh, we hear Lois in the background being escorted back to her house by some soldiers as she has been dragged away (laughs) from said army administrators. (laughs) She is yelling at them that their authority ended at her property line. (laughs) And uh, Hal, like, goes to the door and, you know, sees what all of the hubbub is about. And when he asks uh, one of the uh, soldiers who was escorting her what she did, he says that she destroyed an office, made threats against the United States Army, uh, attacked his groin region, and captured the same. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and Hal, like, tries to give him some money to make this whole thing disappear. Two dollars. But, <laughs> but shockingly, the bribe doesn't work. <laughs> As he, he, he just tells him that he has been given permission to engage if Lois ever comes near their base again.
1: <laughs> 500 feet within the perimeter.
0: Then, inside, Lois
1: explains how the meeting
0: went and she is, like, clearly distraught, like, walking around with, like, her hair frayed and her, uh, like, like, fists balled up still. And she explains that they told her that if they could figure out what fake name, uh, Reese used, that they could have him back home in six months. And she, uh, says that she doesn't trust the army to get him back and, uh, it's gonna be up to the family. But I don't trust you guys either, so it's up to me to get him home. (laughs) I mean, fair. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. And as Hal is, like, prying her hands open, uh, in her fist are two purple hearts and a bronze star. Which is where David's opening line comes from. Yeah. uh, When Hal, like, sees this and notes it, says, and he cried like a baby. (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Then, uh, Lois, like, turns on Malcolm when he speaks up and, uh, you know, says, yeah, it'll be the Army's fault if, uh, something happens to Reese. It'll be all their fault. (laughs) And, uh, Hal, like, interjects, kind of, on Malcolm's behalf, uh, saying, you know, he's a teenage boy at that age. They're all, you know, hormones and... They're, they're all, uh, little creeps.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, amoral uh, little creeps, specifically. <laughs> yeah.
1: The ever-helpful Hal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, uh, Lois, like, snaps at Hal, saying, Don't defend him! <laughs> and they, uh, both go into the kitchen to start making angry meatloaf, <laughs> as <laughs> he calls it. <laughs> as he turns to Malcolm and sarcastically thanks him for that. <laughs> then, uh, we see Hal going to talk to an army recruiter as they're still trying to track down Reese, and he thinks this might be the recruiter that recruited him, and, uh, he, like, goes in to talk to him and shows him a picture, and the recruiter recognizes him as Private Jetson, and, uh, when Hal, like, explains the situation as he's, like, getting information for Hal. He says, you know, I, I don't understand why Reese would go and do something like this. It just doesn't make any sense. And the recruiter starts talking about how, uh, you know, these days the, the the military is a viable career option with lots of benefits. <laughs> and it cuts to Hal on the phone with Lois. <laughs> As he's saying, I haven't signed anything yet, but I think we should hear him out. As apparently they've been, uh, recruiting him, uh, trying to get him to join the National Guard. And they've, they've assured him that, uh, the, uh, political climate's sure to stabilize the next three months. (laughs) Using this information that Hal got, Lois goes to see Reese's drill, Sergeant. And, of course, when she shows him the picture and says that he knows him as Private Jetson, he, like, immediately perks up and says that, uh, he's the best soldier he's ever had the, uh, honor of training. And he, like, gets up and he shakes Lois's hand. And Lois, uh, explains the situation to him that, you know, he was underage when he joined and that he shouldn't have been there at all. Uh, the drill sergeant, like, uh, apologizes and says that he can't help her because the information is classified. Uh, if there was a secret mission that he was potentially on, he wouldn't be able to tell her where. And they, like, start to bond as they, like, start comparing being a drill sergeant and a mother. As Lois says that they both have the same job to take a bunch of... Uh, useless teenagers and beat them into shape and tell there's something that might be useful to society. <laughs> and they start comparing methods as uh, Lois says that uh, one of her kids you know, was trying to iron his shirt while it was still on. And the drill sergeant talks about a uh, soldier who interrupted one of their drills because uh, the, the rifle was uh, pressing against his shoulder too hard.
1: It was a war game, Jake. A
0: war game! (laughs) And then uh, they start getting, like, into their methods as uh, Lois asks, uh, so did you punish all of them for uh, that one soldier's behavior? And he says, well, of course. (laughs) And then uh, then they, like, start, uh, like, continuing on with their, uh, you know, methods as Lois starts teaching this drill instructor some new tricks to use.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Some of these feel very familiar.
0: <laughs> Fair. Uh, she tells him to uh, try doing the opposite of punishing them all for one, uh, one of their mistakes and instead giving one of them special privileges for no reason because the rest of them will be trying to figure out what they're doing right and it'll improve their behavior and the one that's being treated special will start to get paranoid about the other ones and they'll, he'll start snitching on them. Hmm. <laughs> Then, uh, she, like, continues on with some more as the, like, drill sergeant is, like, getting super into all of this advice that she's giving. And she also says, uh, having them pick each other's punishments so that they turn against each other instead of you. And she says, you can blend their breakfast, lunch, and dinner together into a gray mush. And eventually, they'll get hungry enough and they'll eat it. (laughs) So disturbing. And, uh, the drill sergeant at this point, like, clearly amazed by Lois, (laughs) decides to unofficially help her as he once again says, you know, there's nothing that I can do. I wish that I could open this drawer right here, which, of course, he opens as he says it, and pull out the documents that you're looking for, but I just can't, and it makes me feel so bad that I think I'm gonna have to go over here and stare intently out this window for the next... 120 seconds or so (laughs) (laughs) then when Lois arrives home Hal is upset because she has been missing all day and he's like watching Jamie as he has like Jamie in the crib and he's like waving his sub sandwich around and uh Lois tells him the reason that she's late is she had to take the bus because she sold their car And, uh, she has bought a ticket to Kabul, and she is going to take the rest of the money she got for that, the, uh, $400 that was left. She says, uh, I I was going to leave it with you to help pay the credit cards down, but I'm gonna need it for bribes. (laughs) Hal, like, tells her that she is going crazy. That she needs to leave this problem to the experts. She can't literally go get Reese on her own. And he like uh, rips the plane tickets up and he like sits her down on the bed. And he tells her that, you know, she just has to accept that there are people that can do things that she can't. Like rocket scientists and heart surgeons and that lady at the mall who carves your name into a grain of rice. (laughs) Right? How does she do that? Nobody knows! (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Hal, like, wraps his little speech up by saying he's giving her permission not to be omnipotent. And it seems like Lois is going along with it as she's, like, calming Hal down and, and saying, you know, you're right. And then it just cuts from <laughs> them uh, in their room to Lois alone on a plane.
1: <laughs> hmm <laughs> shocking that that didn't work.
0: <laughs> and, uh, that is where we will leave that plot line as it wraps up with the next one we're going to, which is the reese centered plot. Uh, and what do you think David named this one? Well,
2: he typically goes for short answers. Uh, I think this one would be funny because it's kind of a rhyme. I'm gonna say, on the lamb in Afghanistan, but I'd be... <laughs> I know it's not it, but I I really want it to be.
1: <laughs> I really want it to be that. I wish I'd have thought of that. That was great. Thank you. Yeah,
0: well, there's a lot of
1: ways he could have
0: gone with this one. This is tough. Immediately, I've got Indiana Jones in mind because of the map <laughs> sequence. Got AWOL in mind for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. He also might have named it the Mr. Waffles. plot. Those, like, all immediately come to mind uh i'm gonna go with the mw the mr waffles
1: ding 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 you are correct jacob
0: <laughs> awesome <laughs> well you're on a roll
2: jake
1: yeah yeah he's gotten like a whole six of them right
0: <laughs> look i've got one this up ep- this season already I'm only one episode in i know if i can get one per episode i'll be happy with myself <laughs>
1: If you can get one per episode, I'm gonna have to start making the naming conventions harder. <laughs> wow. I wouldn't do that except for the times that I did do that. You're a real piece of shit. I learned from you. Season six
2: starting just like season five ended. Love to see it. you love to see
1: it. <laughs> you know what the difference is though? I don't have to keep to Jake's dumb bit.
0: <laughs> Again, calling it my bit's a bit of a stretch.
1: It's not, though.
0: It was your bit. Stop getting upset that yeah. I held you accountable for your bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was, no, it was your bit. Yeah. So I, I yeah.
2: do assume now that you guys in the finale talked about that. Like, the re. okay.
0: Yeah, because yeah, I've not had, had a chance up. to hear it yet,
2: so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, he confessed. And I was very yeah. shocked and horrified. At what no, he you done. weren't.
1: You are so full of shit. You knew from the beginning, encouraged it. You financed the bit. I hate you.
2: Like, I thought something was odd. It seemed really weird that you kept coming up with Malcolm being the shitty stuff.
1: Dude, there were some of those episodes, especially the ones where Jake got yelly. Like, dude, shut the fuck up and just let me have this. You know I can't. I literally couldn't pick anyone else. Like, leave it be.
0: Yeah. You gotta sell it. I missed that bet already. It was good times.
1: Oh my god, dude. Some of the episodes, like it's like this is impossible. And then Jake would just blah, 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 and he gave me the most pushback on the most impossible ones.
0: Well yeah. I'm not gonna give you pushbacks on the one where you were right. I hate
1: you so much.
0: But uh this plot line picks up where we laughed. Last left Reese, as he is parachuting through the air above Afghanistan. And as he is, he is, and we get like his inner monologue, as he is thinking, I'm a lean, mean, fighting machine. A lean, mean, fighting machine. I'm a robot. Robots Robots are are cool. (laughs) Green Lantern fought a robot once. I love Green Lantern. I love (laughs) Pi. That's fair. Eric's opening line comes from as he just starts thinking pie 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 <laughs> so great then <laughs> he remembers that he's supposed to be thinking about something else but he can't remember what it was so does it rhyme with pie <laughs> <laughs> yes he starts going through rhymes with pie including a uh, very relevant ones like die and sky <laughs> <laughs> but then he does Double back to Pi again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he, like, uh, has to, like, backtrack his train of thought as he goes, Okay, it was Pi, Robot. Or, uh, Pi, Green Lantern, Robot. And then it just leads back into, Oh, yeah, I'm a lean, mean, fighting machine. <laughs> <laughs> then when he lands, uh, he, like, uh, starts to march forward. And then immediately looks horrified as he's like looking off screen, like looks around, looks down at the gun he's holding, throws it on the ground, and spreads the opposite direction.
1: Yeah, some top tier soldier he turned out to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, when you're using
2: baking powder in tanks, it's a lot different than using live ammunition, like in country,
0: boots on the ground. What? <laughs> a lot no of way. <laughs> just saying fair this is also like a very now that i think about it like catch 22-esque kind of uh approach to like the, the soldier experience of like comparing like all of the boot camp like you know the, the, the obsession with like marching and, and like all of that like side of things and then like getting to actual combat and immediately being like oh this is completely different fuck this i'm out <laughs> exactly <laughs>
2: Yeah, all the military bearing and all the training—it goes to shit when ooh, live bullets are streaming past your face. <laughs> no
1: plan survives first contact, right?
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> then uh, the rest of this plot line like centers around Reese trying to get home. As the next time we see him, he is wearing a burqa as he is like walking uh, like down a dirt road. Then uh, we. See, I'm still wearing that, but he has somehow acquired a bike, and he's, like, riding that along a road. And he gets to some crossroads, and he pulls out a, uh, like, wrapper from some bubblegum that, that has, like, a, a trivia thing and, like, a little globe on it. <laughs> he, like, looks at the globe and, like, uses that to try to navigate and decide which of these roads to go down.
1: <laughs> yeah, I- Man, can you imagine, like, just thinking about the globe and, like, how they condense down, you know, like, the size of certain, like, countries and continents Uh (laughs) and thinking about, like, trying to navigate the world with a picture of a globe, like, not even a globe, but a picture, like, non-topographical picture of a globe.
0: (laughs) Yeah, without even, it doesn't even have, like, countries or anything on it, it's just, like, the vague shape of the continents. (laughs)
1: Yeah, man. <laughs> hoo <Hoo-wee>. Uh
2: <laughs> But he had it dial down to that specific crossroad. Like, he knew he pointed exactly which way to go. He's like, I'm going right. I know this is the way. <laughs>
0: I, I'm sure in Reese's mind, he did. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he was very sure of his choices. We can say that. But uh,
0: the next time we cut back to Reese, he is getting married to, uh, some random guy still wearing his burqa. <laughs> it's like, the, the ceremony is going on, while Reese just, like, looks very confused and concerned as the guy is, like, putting his hand on his back. Then, we, uh, like, once again cut away, and when we come back, Reese is in the desert, like, literally crawling, uh, now just wearing, like, torn, cl- tattered clothes, and he is giving up, saying he can't do this anymore. And then... He has a vision of Mr. Waffles, who is, like, a generic, like, breakfast, waffle-based, like, mascot.
1: It's great. <laughs> and
0: he, like, appears to Reese, like, out of a, like, commercial. it, like, starts with, like, a family sitting at a dinner table with a bunch of waffles. <laughs> And he, like, jumps out of the box of waffles they have, like, sitting on the table, very prominently displayed. (laughs) And he tells Reese not to give up, that you can never give up. And, uh, Reese says that he's been shot at, he's been chased, he's been married. And when the dude found out I was a guy, it wasn't a (laughs) deal-breaker. Then, uh, Mr. Waffles tells him, you know, I didn't give up when, uh, third quarter earnings were down. <laughs> so you can't give up either. Then, uh, when Reese is still, like, you know, not getting up, saying, you know, he, he wants to, but he just can't. Uh, Mr. Waffles continues on, saying that he has to get back, uh, to America, where they do breakfast right. And he <laughs> says that, uh... Here, they don't know how to make a proper breakfast. They boil down the rice from the night before and turn it into a paste. And, uh, then he, he, like, continues to, like, try to motivate Reese by saying, We have 20% more blueberries per box in our batter now. Yeah, that, like, gets Reese's attention. And he says, and they plump up in the batter. And... <laughs> That finally gets to Reese's, (laughs) he says, that makes them so juicy, (laughs) and motivated by his desire to have waffles again, (laughs) he gets up and continues walking with Mr. Waffles, they have a discussion about whatever happened to Mrs. Waffles, she was hot, Mr. Waffles explains that, uh, yeah, but she uh, didn't raise product awareness in girls 3 to 18 a single percent, so i i like how this entire
2: thing because then obviously reese hears the train and then he turns around and mr waffles is gone so this is meant to be like a hallucination but all the inside talk stuff is not something that reese is so privy to you know like you wouldn't know about mr waffles third quarter gains and losses or 20 there being 20 percent more blueberries or you know not uh product awareness increases for their their mascot. So I like to think in my head canon that this is like a supernatural occurrence that Mr. Waffles actually existed and he brought that like 1950s stereotypical nuclear family along with him and then they just like left those other people there just so he could (laughs) save Reese. I I like to think that this is like a cryptid, you know, like Mr. Waffles actually exists out there
0: and he... uh. See, I had a similar thought, but not as, like, a cryptid. This actually reminds me a lot of Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Like, specifically about the, the, like, god of TV. Mm-hmm, yeah. Like, it's very similar vibes here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I definitely want to believe that he's a tangible being that went to save Reese, and that it was not just a hallucination, because... Yeah. How
1: am I the most sane of the three of us? <laughs>
2: Well, but explain that him knowing the insides of uh, like having that conversation, like Reese, especially if he was like on his uh, on his last legs, you know, he was about to give explain up. Explain
1: the guys who take LSD and then figure out how to put a car together. Like, I mean,
0: it, well, clearly the God of LSD visits them. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. or, or as some people call him the burning man.
1: <laughs> wow Reese is a genius that is inhibited by his evil I have posited this many times so I think somewhere deep down Reese does know this and does pay attention but it's been locked behind that evil and now at his basis moment at as the core of himself is revealed in his most human moment then he can unlock through this form of a mirage which is his brain giving him information to give him hope anyways that's what the brain is doing it's pulling from this deep-seated knowledge (laughs) that uh he clearly had absorbed in the past
2: i love how his primal lizard brain is like a marketing guru i love that that's what you're going. oh
1: (laughs) first of all first of all mix genius and evil and what do you have you have an ad man Reese fits in marketing
0: (laughs) okay now that we've got David's crazy theory to go with our crazy theories how is my
1: crazy look at nah come on now marketers like a third of them at least are evil oh
0: I'm not disputing that I'm disputing Reese being a secret ultra genius with all of this memory uh, of like obscure marketing facts and his brain
1: listen you absorb stuff And then when you're at your most desperate, your brain can pull things that you never could have. It happens.
0: And sometimes you're visited by the (laughs) deity of waffle mascots (laughs) that may or may not also be a cryptid. These are all things that happen,
1: David.
0: (laughs) 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 They're all just as likely.
1: (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I thought coming into this episode that my theory for this was going to be the crackpot one.
2: And then I spoke.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And and then Jake, the madness is spreading. (laughs) Probably from a cryptid. (laughs) Probably.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Continuing on with Reese's Dirty, as Eric said, he uh, like finds a train and hides in a shipping container. And then, uh, we get, like, a Indiana Jones-esque, like, map travel sequence <laughs> using the, like, uh, gum wrapper picture of a globe that Reese was using to navigate earlier. And, uh, it, like, shows Reese traveling, like, first, uh, taking this train south and then, uh, like, to the coast and then taking a boat to the west uh, and then riding a camel until he hits water again, at which point it looks like the camel drowns. And it just like disappears into the water. And then it just shows a turtle pop up, which presumably Reese rides as it leads him right back to where he got off the train. <laughs> but then this plot line wraps up with Reese being dragged into uh, like a tent and. Uh, He, he, like, gets thrown in, and he's apologizing, uh, saying, I'm sorry, I didn't know that was your god. I thought, it looks like some sort of monkey man. (laughs) And, uh, the, the, like, guys who dragged him in just, like, stand off to the side. And Lois walks in, and, uh, she, like, gives one of the guys some money. And thanks him, and then immediately starts tearing into Reese with, like, very, like, stereotypical mom stuff. <laughs> Just immediately going into, Do you know how much trouble you're in? You're filthy, and look at your fingernails. <laughs> 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 Have you been tomb robbing? Oh, <laughs> uh,
1: I, I love that. That's where Lois jumps straight to as well. Like, wow.
2: <laughs> and this. The fun stops now, young man, as if he's, like, having a great time. Right.
1: <laughs> this is yeah. all just
2: Jolly Boys Day Out with uh, Reese Robin
0: Tombs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. That's what all those young guys are into nowadays is Tomb Robin.
0: But uh, that wraps up that plot line, leaving only the Malcolm and Dewey-centered plot. What do you think David named this one?
2: I don't know. Do you have any ideas? Maybe you go first with this one and then maybe let it inspire me.
0: Uh, I'm going to go with the G plot for
2: guilt. Okay, that's nice and simple. Uh, I was thinking something more specific with the, like, the Veterans Hospital kind of deal, so, um... I don't know, maybe I'll go Rambo again, Psycho Vets. (laughs) That seems to be. it's on the the brains. (laughs) No. Okay.
1: This plotline is the 99 red poop balloons. Come on. (laughs)
0: <laughs> i love it so so it's the 99 nine rpb plot
1: correct
0: <laughs> uh, okay <laughs> it's funny so i'll allow it <laughs> that is a good one
1: i couldn't i couldn't help it with the way this plot line ends and like it was ingenious, and I'm like, man, why couldn't I have thought of that as a kid? <laughs> it's disgusting. It's horrible. But it's... Man, there's some people who deserved it.
0: Yeah, like those rapping grannies. <laughs> 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 but uh, it starts uh, sort of along with the other plot line, is obviously uh, Lois' like, uh, berating of Malcolm like ties in. But uh, then... Uh, that leads Malcolm to go to his room and start making a list of every bad thing that Reese has ever done to him and when Dewey catches him doing this and, and you know Malcolm confesses that that's what he's doing uh, Dewey just says oh so we're admitted we have lists Ah, <laughs> uh, he pulls out a giant folder And he says, uh, mine starts in January of 95. When does yours start? (laughs) (laughs) And Malcolm starts going through with his first one coming from October 3rd, 1996, which is when he got his first knuckle pizza. (laughs) Which I'm very curious what the difference between a knuckle sandwich and a knuckle pizza is. (laughs) I mean,
1: I feel like a knuckle pizza is where, like, you hit somebody in the face And then you don't just stop at, like, the punch, like you would with a knuckle sandwich. You, like, then just drive your fist all around their face, almost like you're kneading dough. Yeah.
0: That Ah, track. Okay. Okay. Then, uh, he says, uh, July 10th, 1997, he got his first atomic swirly, which I assume is just an atomic wedgie while you're getting a swirly. (laughs) Then, uh, there's the big bruise of 99. Backyard Dentist and Lighter Fluid Donut. (laughs) (laughs) And when he says that one, he says, uh, he like turns to Dewey and he says, Isn't that worse than stealing his girlfriend? And Dewey says, I don't know, that depends. Uh, Was that donut your first love? (laughs) Then uh Malcolm like starts trying to justify what he did, you know, talking about how horrible Reese is and how he deserved uh like everything that happened. And Dewey says, So if he dies, you'll be even then? And Malcolm says, I never said he was gonna die, and that's where my opening line comes from. As Dewey points out that Reese almost killed himself uh with bisquick once. <laughs> You'd think he'd be more scared of waffles than if he almost died. <laughs> died at the cause of them. I mean, Reese doesn't strike me as the type who learns his lessons, <laughs> so I don't think it would matter. That's, that's true. <laughs> Very accurate.
1: Near-death experiences are not what teaches Reese.
0: Fair. <laughs> Malcolm like continues trying to justify himself, saying uh, Reese deserves whatever he gets. Then he immediately backtracks on that saying, no he doesn't. That's what Reese would say. Uh, Not me. I'm better than that. (laughs) And uh, Dewey like once again dunks on him and uh, like walks away. And then uh, we we see Malcolm in his attempts to uh, like get over his guilt as he goes and volunteers at a veteran's hospital. And uh, when he shows up and, like, tells the nurse that, you know, he's volunteering here, she immediately says, like, no, you're not. No one volunteers here. Uh, They all go to the uh, glamour jobs in the burn ward. (laughs) Very disturbing. (laughs) And Malcolm, uh, like, insists, no, no, I'm here to help and she like starts uh like you know trying to give him jobs that she thinks are going to turn him away starting with like a sponge bath for one of the guys then uh clipping one of the guys uh toenails and malcolm like cuts her off and says like look i already know how this is gonna go you're gonna uh, like list increasingly gross jobs to try to get rid of me but i'm going to do whatever you want me to do no matter what so just cut to the worst one and let me get started. And she says, well, that kind of takes some of the fun out of it. But she uh, sends him to start one of them, uh, start an enema for one of them.
1: <laughs> My pleasure. Because <Yeah. laughs> that's what we need is more people trying to absolve their own guilt by doing... Uh, anyways,
0: um... Then, uh, we see some more of Malcolm, uh, at this vet's hospital as he's telling the nurse that, uh, you know, these guys, uh, why do all of these guys, you know, seem like zombies? he says he was reading to one for three hours and then a bee crawled out of his nose. <laughs> and she explains that, like, all of these patients are heavily sedated. And, uh, Malcolm, uh, like, wants to continue helping them, so he goes over to one called Ed, who's just, like, sitting in a wheelchair. Uh, holding a ping pong paddle and he like moves him over to the table and says he'll play with him and uh as soon as malcolm like hits the ball it goes straight into the guy's mouth and he like starts to choke (laughs) then uh we see malcolm talking to the nurse as he tells her that he uh took all of the tranquilizers from the vets uh because uh they shouldn't just be you know uh put into this uh chemical zombie state that they're keeping them in. Uh, So he did something about it. And the nurse, like, tells him, "You, you can't just, uh, take these people's sedatives. What are you thinking? And she, like, rushes into the room where all of these vets are now, like, tearing into each other in a giant fight. And the nurse, like, runs off to get security for help. And Malcolm, like, goes in, trying to, like, calm them down. As they, like, continue to, like, just beat the shit out of each other. Uh, including a, a nice detail of what one of the guys, like, puts some dentures in so that he can bite the guy that he's fighting. <laughs> yep. Then, as Malcolm tries to intervene, he immediately gets hit in the head with a chair.
1: <laughs> Look, these are warfighters, man. They might be 90, but they know how to fuck a dude up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Then, uh, back at the house, we see Malcolm with, like, a giant bruise on the side of his face, where he got hit with the chair, and Hal is, like, giving him some frozen peas to put on the side of his head. And he's lecturing him, saying, uh, you know, uh, Reese is still missing, and at this point, Lois has gone off to look for him. Uh, you know, out of country, uh, what was he thinking? Going out and getting into a street fight. <laughs> and Malcolm just sort of sighs and, like, looks sad as he's holding these peas, and then Hal says wait a minute. And then he like looks over at Malcolm and says, those are our dinner and takes the peas away from Malcolm. (laughs) Then Malcolm goes into his room where Dewey is sitting at the desk and writing some music, like writing some sheet music. And Dewey explains that he's been trying to compose a Requiem for Reese, but it's, it's hard to get the right vibe when you're writing with a glitter pen. And, uh, as they're, like, you know, both talking about how they've, uh, both been, you know, trying to do something to honor Reese. Dewey points out that, uh, Reese wouldn't, uh, want to be helping people and doing good things. He would want to go out and smash stuff for no reason. That's what Reese liked. (laughs) And if we really want to honor him, then that's what we should be doing. And when Malcolm asks if he has anything in mind uh dewey like takes out a newspaper and says this caught my attention and shows him an ad for a local art festival and then they like go through all of the events and malcolm starts saying yeah they are kind of asking for it aren't they <laughs> and then uh he, he's like still skeptical until dewey says and they have rapping grannies and then malcolm like sits up and says all right let me take a look at that <laughs> <laughs>
1: What's wrong with people just enjoying their hobbies?
0: (laughs) Not allowed, David. Apparently. Look, you're forgetting that the only type of fun is fun at other people's expense.
1: (laughs) Oh, I have not forgotten that comment by Malcolm.
0: (laughs) We then go to this uh, festival where we see their plan in action (laughs) as they are tying Jamie's dirty diapers to balloons and then like letting them go. And as they're doing this, uh, they're, like, talking about how much they miss Reese, and they, like, start reminiscing on some things that he did. Like, uh, that time that he shaved Dewey's eyebrows and put them on upside down so he always looked surprised. (laughs) And the look of joy he would get on Christmas morning when he was smashing all of their presents.
1: (laughs) I never could, no matter what I did, make Mom's face turn that shade of purple. Reese. Reese purple. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. We got Blello and we got Reese Purple. That's right. (laughs) New shirts coming to the merch store soon.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Then uh Malcolm like pulls out a remote control and hits a button and there's like the sound of balloons popping off screen, followed by the sounds of people screaming. (laughs) including someone screaming, it's in my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Gross. Yes, very. And uh, they like uh, continue doing this, like continue sending out more balloons. And they're talking about how much Reese would have loved this. And Malcolm says, I just wish he was here to see it. And then Reese from off screen says, me too. (laughs) Reese. (laughs) And they run over and hug him. And then, uh, the episode ends with them showing Reese how this, uh, device works as the Wrapping Grannies start. You can, like, hear them starting to rap. And, of course, that is what Reese targets as he activates these balloons, presumably on the Wrapping Grannies. <laughs> and he, uh, just wraps the episode up by saying, I love this country. <laughs> uh. Fitting end. So uh, let's get into our awards.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Awards.
0: And as usual, we will start with our roller skating teen award, our award for the best visual moment. What did you choose for this award, Eric? I apologize in advance because I'm probably going to take
2: you guys. It's the Mr. Waffles segment. Like I, <laughs> I love the 1950s nuclear family. I love the Mr. Waffles design. And I super love Reese's just resigning to give up until he hears that the blueberries plump up in the batter. Like His love of their juiciness saves his life and gives that look of determination, which is just so great. And then him walking along with Mr. Waffles. It's just uh it's primo visual storytelling. I really
0: really enjoyed it. Fair enough. Uh what did you go with, David?
1: Uh funnily enough, not Mr. Waffles. Um though I did consider it and I do love that. I actually went with the Indiana Jones travel map <laughs> cuz that was so funny and just ah uh, I I love it. Fair
0: uh, those, those were my number one and two, respectively. <laughs> it was Mr. Waffles, then that map. So I will go with my third option, which was the poop balloons. <laughs> it's just such a, like, clever idea. <laughs> a lot to choose from. Yes, yeah, so the sight of these balloons, like, floating away from them <laughs> with these diapers attached is very funny.
2: <laughs>
0: yes, indeed. And, 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 and it's also, like, very, like... Old school Malcolm in the Middle. It feels like a like first three seasons gag from Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah, which felt like a like like a nice callback to like those earlier episodes.
1: Yeah, it, re- it really reminded me of uh, what was that episode uh, Almost Halloween or Not Quite Halloween? Halloween, approximately. It, there it is. Yeah, yeah,
0: for sure. And then moving on to our next award. What did you have for your hot dog with mustard award? Your award for the best line. Uh, You actually used it, Jake, right at the
2: beginning. It's uh, Dewey (laughs) when he was talking to Malcolm about Reese potentially dying. Malcolm, he almost killed himself with Bisquick once. I love, love that one. It cracks me up every single time. Just the deadpan delivery.
0: Like, just so matter-of-factly. It's (laughs) so great. It is funny, just like how 100% sure both Malcolm and Dewey are that Reese is basically already dead.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah. (laughs) like
0: There is zero hope between the two of them that Reese will, like, make it home alive. Exactly. (laughs) What did you have, David?
1: Also a Dewey line. Also delivered very deadpan, and as he's walking away from Malcolm, and it's... Wow, for a brother killer, you sure are conceited. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I love that line so much. It's so funny, and I love because it's like a, it's very similar to like the the Stevie calling Malcolm out on his shit type lines that we love, um, but it's coming from Dewey, and it's, it's so funny.
0: Yeah, that was also my first <laughs> pick, but I will go with my backup, which comes from Lois. Uh, And it's, if I have to, I'll make friends with a warlord. Those guys are pretty organized.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She's not wrong, unfortunately.
1: (laughs) No, no, she's not. I mean, look, warlord, mob boss, whatever you got to do, man.
0: And moving on to our next award. Which of these plot lines did you give the A plot of your heart? I went with Reese and the misadventures
2: trying to get home. Like just the best visual moments and just a lot of you know funny gags. So,
0: as a whole, okay, fair enough. What did you go with, David?
1: Uh, I actually gave it to the uh, Seal Team Lois plotline because I I love again crazy Lois. Uh, I also. Love this idea that she sold their car, which is a thing we really don't touch on a whole lot in this, but she just up and sells the family car and buys a ticket to Kabul, and she's going in, and like her storyline in this is basically a Call of Duty game, (laughs) which cracks me up so much.
0: Yeah, I also went with the Lois-centric plot line. All all the stuff you said, and then that that scene with her and the drill sergeant is just so good. Mm -hmm.
1: It's so funny, and (laughs) I love it. Uh, I also love the, like, pseudo, like, early Laura Croft Tomb Raider-style outfit that Lois has on (laughs) when she comes in the tent.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Then, uh, moving on to our next award, who did you choose as your favorite character? I went with Mr. Waffles. I think he's the best single use. (laughs) He's
2: the best single use character in the history of the show. Like better than the goat, better than the tigers from Zoo, which is you know still my all time favorite episode. But Mr. Waffles, yeah, just mwah. (laughs) Okay, fair.
0: (laughs) Uh, Who did you go with, David?
1: Uh, I went with Lois. My close second was gonna be the sergeant. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little upset I didn't consider picking Mr. Waffles, but
0: uh,
1: (laughs) I kind of agree with, like, I kind of, ooh, man. Especially because I know he's just in this episode. Like, that, such a good, and how did I... You know, the person who has done all of the research and knowledge about Kellogg's on this show. Shut the fuck up, Jake. Mm, How did I not think of that? But anyways. It's weird that you remember it that way. I hate you so much. You're the worst. (laughs) Anyways. uh, Yeah, I went with Lois.
0: Yeah, yeah. I also went with Lois. I also (laughs) didn't even think about the possibility of choosing Mr. Waffles. Same. Now I'm sad. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, who did you give your Chloris Leachman Award, your award for the best acting?
2: I went with, uh, Justin Burfield as Reese yet again. I mean, I think there was the trifecta for this series. Like, the, just the back and forth with himself while he was parachuting, which was all done in voiceover. And so he just, uh, played it out with facial expressions. Uh, it was just masterfully done. And that look of determination that I already mentioned, uh, was just so good. yeah how expressive his eyes are and just more like nonverbal acting when he's trying to run away, like when he's wearing the burqa and he's like uh, the shifty eyes going on, like like the people are looking after him and just does an amazing job in this uh, trilogy of these episodes. And I think it's probably the best acting that he does in this entire series is
0: over the course of these three episodes here. Fair enough. Who do you go with David?
1: Uh, I actually went with Eric per Sullivan because his, uh, his delivery of his lines here and the the deadpanness and and just that stoic confidence in which he says everything was was phenomenal. I do agree Justin Burf, uh, Burfield did amazing. But uh yeah, I had to give it to Eric Persullivan for this episode.
0: Okay, uh I agreed with Eric. I, I gave it to Justin Burfield as well for mostly the same reasons cuz he does uh, like so much uh like completely non-verbal acting throughout this episode and does so well with
1: I Oh, yeah. I don't disagree at all. Justin Burfield, excellent acting in these episodes. I just, I really liked Eric Burr-Sullivan's delivery.
2: Yeah, fair. Yeah. To your point, I mean, Dewey gets, like, a lot less significant screen time in this one. And Eric Burr-Sullivan definitely does make the most of his time on screen. Like, he has probably the best... lines of anybody in the entire show like every single line that he delivers (laughs) practically is just great like it was probably in our running for like top lines of the episode so really good and
0: moving on to our next award who did you give your mrs dabney award your award for the worst parent (laughs) i went with hal
2: this time uh he almost got talked into joining the army himself which like was the cause of a lot of grief to begin with. Then he claimed to be worried sick about Lois's whereabouts, but he made this elaborate hoagie during that time. Uh, He didn't believe in Lois's ability to do what needed to be done to get Reese uh, and bring him home, going so far as to rip up the airline ticket. And then finally, even though Malcolm had a lack of sympathy coming, Hal harshly removed the frozen vegetables from Malcolm's face, which was meant to bring down the swelling. So uh, just as a whole, not a great look for Hal in in this episode.
1: I have never heard you be more right in such a wrong way. <laughs> Listen, all of those things that you brought up might be valid points, but not the reason why Hal is the shittiest parent in this episode. Okay. Hal had the opportunity to buy one box of Girl Scout cookies, and he went with <laughs> Thin Mints over Samoas? What is wrong with you, them no. are the best ones. No, that's the correct choice. No, not even close. Not even close. No, no, no. 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 That's that's no. the correct choice. No. That's Simoes, no lesson Listen, listen I or, have how no, for this no, one? I'm reconsidering no, now. No. That no. you pointed <laughs> out. Wait, uh, no.
0: that that one correct decision might make up for everything. Else. That was not a correct
1: decision. <laughs> that Simoes- is choosing to poison your family, especially Oh, just wait. You're really going to love the Cranston connection. Oh, my God. Um, (laughs) Oh, I went all in on this Girl Scout cookie thing because (laughs) Hal is dead wrong. And he is like a father figure to me at this point. And seeing him be this horrible and abusive is evil. Pure evil.
2: I knew you were like (laughs) really mad about that specific moment for some reason. Wait, are Samoas the one that have coconut on them?
1: Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely not. Yeah, the caramel yeah. and coconut and the drizzled chocolate. No, he made no. he made best those Girl Scout cookies.
0: <laughs> no, listen, they're like third best. They're no, great. They're no, great. No, but they are. Top of the list is Thin Mints.
1: No, no Thin Mints. Thin Mints are a cheap. No, Thin Mints are a cheap imitation knockoff bullshit cookie. <laughs> so so are Oreos, and they're great no they're not oreos are listen you already they're all, know i they're have literally with a ripoff of hydrox yes they are i know <laughs> i don't like oreos that's what i'm not disagreeing that they're ripoffs
2: wait a second you don't like oreos you don't like thin mints
1: yeah you're, no, you're, no 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 i like thin mints just they're just literally balanced. like one of the worst girl scout cookies Fuck off. No, Get in the comments. Get in the comments. What do you what what
2: do you have to say about Chips Ahoy now? You got something to say bad about them now too?
1: No, Chips Ahoy's Chips Ahoy is a decent cookie. I mean it's no Samoa, but oh know, my it's God. Fine. Um, But Chips Ahoy's fine. Yeah. They make good cookies.
2: Alright. I was gonna say, like, if you don't like Oreos and Chips Ahoy, I'd be mean, like, known monster David. What like what are you no, doing? No, Oreos with your and cookie I'll cookies? tell you what,
1: Oreo makes some alternates that are pretty freaking good, but regular Oreos just nah <laughs> When when you when you can barely tell the difference in quality from prison Oreos and name brand Oreos, your cookie's not good. It's just bleh. there's no flavor to it, there's no variance, there's just bleh. anyone can make it. I will say,
0: I like Oreos. I like Oreos a lot. Oreos are great. <laughs> the Kroger's like store brand variant of Oreos, better than Oreos. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: What what did say about any of the other off-brand Oreos? Those tend to be trash. But those specific ones, they're, they're better than Oreos.
1: They are the best <laughs> Oreos. Um, <laughs> But anyways, so yeah, so that's why Hal. <sighs>
0: I'm so tempted to switch it on that <laughs> one. <option. laughs> but but I, I have to stick with Hal for this award. Less because I think Hal's a shitty parent in this episode. But the only other option is Lois, who like literally like invades another country to like save reese (laughs) (laughs) like single-handedly so well this is this is like a lawyer situation with the
2: last one he's like between uh a house arrest or prison i think we made the right choice like lois going (laughs) over to afghanistan i think she made the right choice
0: uh... (laughs) i mean if. It makes her a good mother. <laughs> <laughs> Was it the right choice? <laughs> but no. but as far as, as a parent, she definitely went above and beyond this episode. No question. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, uh, moving on to our next award, what did you give your OK Boomer Award, your award for the moment or detail that sets this episode firmly within its time of release? Yeah, I, this one
2: was the, all the rest of the awards were super easy for me to come up with this time, with the exception of this one. I had to go back and watch the episode literally another time like all the way through just i, I really struggled with this one I, I tried paying attention to what was playing on the tv during the vet hospital segments, so i couldn't decipher anything i tried researching if the backgammon board at the vet hospital was specific to that vintage but i also couldn't determine it so the weird thing that i ended up choosing was the reference to swine flu uh and it's God damn it. it's, <laughs> it's weird God damn it. that this episode aired in november of 2004 and uh, what we probably associate with swine flu is the H1N1 outbreak of 2009, which is obviously half a decade after this episode aired. So I wondered if uh, Malcolm in the Middle pearled a Simpsons and predicted the future here. So, And I obviously, I stole David's.
1: So. You stole my only one. <laughs> Mission accomplished. <laughs> I hate you so much. Uh, um. Let me double check something real quick. <laughs>
0: Okay. All right, that was my top off as
2: well. <laughs> uh, the benefit of being the guest and going first. I already gave you some hints. Just throw out some bullshit about some backgammon board. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, let me double check this. Man is... <laughs> God, my random knowledge. Uh, and quick Googling will save me on this one. Uh, this aired when again, Jake? 2004. Okay, that's that's what I thought. Because you see, Jake, this was the year before we stopped utilizing widely uh the I'm gonna mispronounce this massively. Theoridazine, uh which was a uh narcotic uh tranquilizer that was used primarily for mental patients and uh older like out-of-control dementia and PTSD patients to try to essentially recreate the Thorazine Shuffle of the 1950s. And this was the year before this. So that would have been probably some of the medication that Malcolm flushed down the drain in the uh, old folks' home.
0: Okay, then. Uh, I uh, Like I said, my first choice was also the swine flu. Uh, but there are, uh, like, two jokes that also stood out as, like, uh, not aging particularly well, uh, sort oh, of, okay, yeah, boomer yeah. type of words, uh, they, they're both, uh, like, involved in the re-stuff, but one of them is from, uh, Mr. Waffles, with his, uh, like, pretty, pretty 2004, uh, like, just clear, like, Islamophobic description of their breakfast food stuff, like, that, that was just a very 2004 joke. Then at the end of the episode, when they like rush over and are hugging them, uh, like Reese initially hugs them back and then, uh, like pushes them away and tells them not to mow him, which was, uh, short for homo in 2004. Wait, really? Yeah. Wow, uh, I didn't.
1: Literally never yeah, heard
2: that. I didn't catch that at all. Like, I. I I thought he. I thought he said maul. Don't maul me.
1: Like, M A U L. Nine? No, kn- I knew he said mo. He definitely says mo. Yeah, but yeah. I. Like not even hundred... have like,
0: in the, uh, 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 subtitles. Okay.
1: I just didn't, like, I did not connect that as being, huh. Yeah, I, uh, I would have never uh, put uh, those As someone together. who was in
0: a public school in 2004, it was, it was definitely an abbreviation that was around.
1: Yeah, but I've never, like, I was around a bunch of those. Hell, I mean, all of my fights around this time of my life were based around people calling my brother that. Or similar things to it, and I still never, like, the only thing I've ever heard Mo as, like, a slang for is, like, Chimo, and I didn't think he was saying that, so. Right. Huh. Weird. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. Very. <laughs> definitely did not think that that's what he was saying me, at yeah. all. Me either.
0: That, that may not have been the, the, the intention, like, from a writer perspective, but it's definitely how it came across to me. <laughs>
1: Uh, fair in context yeah, now fair. yeah like it makes sense but not where my brain went with it at all
2: yeah I, I misheard it like i said i thought he said maul so right fair yeah i'm sticking with that then i'm sticking with that that's what he yeah, always yeah. says don't maul me
1: yeah that's, that's better <laughs> there you go deny deny deny
0: well uh that just leaves our shittiest and least shitty kid awards Uh, let's start with Least Shitty. Who did you have as Least Shitty? So, uh, even though it was
2: Dewey's idea to mess with the art fair in the first place, uh, prior to that, he was trying to write a Requiem for Reese, which was unprompted, uh, that shows, like, some remorse and some grieving, and, uh, when given the opportunity throughout the episode of calling Malcolm on his shit, he did so. So, I'm going with, uh, Dewey. Plus, he didn't have a lot of screen time to actually do anything super shitty, so...
0: Well, he does do something super shitty. But yeah. to be fair, they all like, do quite something literally, literally super <laughs> shitty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, who did you have, David?
1: Uh, I also had Dewey. I almost had Reese. But Dewey won Dewey it out, I think, again, because of the idea that even though, you know, he is aware of the fact that Reese is the cause of a lot of problems in his life, like, he still there's not a struggle for Dewey to recognize his emotions and admit them. Um, And in fact, of course he is the uh, catalyst that Malcolm needs in order for him to realize that he's having emotions. Cause he's a monstrous robot, but uh, (laughs) like Dewey of the kids that we see, I think is definitely shitty because of one, his emotional maturity and his ability to, even though some of the things that he thought and did and said were shitty, he kind of knew that and owned that and recognized Malcolm's shittiness and called him on it, so.
0: Yeah, we we have a quorum. I also chose Dewey as least shitty kid for this episode for all of the reasons you guys already stated. You know, calling Malcolm on his shit, uh, he was at least initially trying to do something productive in Reese's memory while assuming he was dead. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, that just that just leaves shittiest kid. Who do you have as shittiest kid, Eric? Well, I'm going to assume that Francis
2: must have done something exceptionally shitty in this one to not even be in the episode. No, no, <laughs>
0: no, no, no. I'm
2: just kidding, obviously. The real answer is, of course, Malcolm. Like, even though he did volunteer at a vet hospital, which is pretty admirable thing to do, he really only did it to try to absolve himself of the guilt that he felt about Reese, which is shitty, you know, making it about himself, which <laughs> it naturally does. Plus, uh, while he was there, he of course thought that he knew better than everyone else, especially the nurse in charge of the program, and took all the vets off their meds, which led to the the geezer brawl, uh, and the art fair. While hilarious, is still dealing with human waste, uh, and while the initial idea to mess with it was Dewey's, uh, Malcolm was probably the brains behind uh, the operation of setting up the diaper balloons. So he is the shittiest, and quite literally the shittiest, as you pointed out. So,
0: well, what about you, David?
1: Oh. Of my own free will and 100% completely unbiasedly Malcolm for all the things that, that Eric said. And also just like, he's lucky a brawl is all that happened. Like, please don't go volunteer to absolve yourself of your own shitty guilt. If you have shit going on in your life, go see a counselor. Like these people don't need your shit on top of their shit. And I don't. And I don't just mean veterans' homes, but, like, old people's homes, animal shelters. Like, your shit will transfer onto them. Don't go into the field as a volunteer or as a counselor to fix yourself by by fixing other people. Fix your shit first.
0: Yeah, I think this uh, might be unprecedented. I, I, th- I think we're in agreement on both awards this time. I also chose Malcolm. We're off to a really bad start in season six. <laughs> we're all agreeing.
1: Yeah, it's just... Oh, no. It's just going to go downhill from here.
0: <laughs> now, season six is going to be the season where we're all going to be agreeable. We're going to get along. There's not going to be any big arguments the, the entire season. You'll see. Are You'll you see. new? Jake, this is Jake, season six. We've <laughs> already
1: we've already had an argument. And people need to get in the comments and tell me I'm right. And that argument's not done. It's about to come back up.
0: God damn it. <sighs> See, 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 listeners. I I try to establish these these moments of peace, and they just won't let me. Jake,
2: you know what you need now. You know you that you need a secondary poll. Obviously, not just least shitty and shitty. You all you need a tier for uh, the cookies. Like we need someone to really set David straight. Like
1: uh, no, 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 no. We need mints, to set Jake straight.
2: Thin mints or Samoa. Are good?
1: No, no. Samoa's top tier.
2: I think we need to let
1: Twitter... My decide. wife will definitely agree. I will get my wife to go vote in this poll, too. Because I know wow. what she thinks. Wow. Go Look, she it, technically either. listens to our stuff. She's like four seasons behind, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> my wife can only take so much of us. So she listens to like one episode a month. <laughs> That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay,
0: well, that wraps up our awards, but we have a couple of segments left, and we are going to start with WTF is COG, in which we try to determine what Hal's former employer... Uh COG did and what the acronym of COG stood for Well, you... before it was probably shut down. Yeah, by the government. You, I, I figured you'd have uh something new
2: for a brand new season. I, I thought that the that company was now defunct, so...
0: Well, so so are you are you saying you're not prepared that, Eric, for <laughs> saying... WTF is COG? Mm. <laughs> uh
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) you stumped me because I thought I was going to have to try to think on my feet for something new that you guys were going to be bringing to the table. I didn't know that it was going to be a a COG. (laughs) uh,
0: In my notes, Eric, I have WTF as COG, make Eric do one, and then under that, are we still doing what the fuck is COG? (laughs) Right below that.
2: (laughs) Oh,
1: nice. Nice.
2: I'm stumped on this one, Jake. You you broke me. Excellent. Um,
0: Excellent. That's what you get for taking all the awards. <laughs> That's
1: true. <Yep. laughs>
2: get Put on the spot. Now, I really did think that it was going to be some new thing that you were going to unleash on me that I was going to be like, all right, what can, I, what can I do? But I did not anticipate COG coming back around. Okay, here we go. I got one. Based on what we saw with uh, Hal um, feeding Kiko 2, I think that COG stands for, especially now that it's defunct and they try to... Uh, come up with some new organization it stands for cuddly orca games (laughs) where where they uh, take office workers like hal that are uh you know disenfranchised with their work and maybe thinking about calling off of working on fridays for mm, a decade or more and uh, they bring them to, like, the, the sea World or the, the local, uh, whatever, marine life establishment, and they have you cuddle along with uh, orcas and play games with them. Cuddly orca games.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, uh, good job, Eric. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know about that, but
1: it's the best I can That was, uh... I mean... Good thinking on your feet. Exactly, and I'm glad
0: I was able to ambush you with it. I was kind of hoping that would be the case. Uh, same. Oh,
1: this just in. This just in. Hang on. I I am receiving text messages from my wife. They read in order. Uh, it's like Beetlejuice. You say my wife three times, and it activates me. And then I said laughing my ass off, and she says yes. Samoas are better than Thin Vince, Very much so. Boom. There's already one vote for me.
0: The polls aren't even open yet.
1: Dude. That's not a <laughs> Shut vote. up. That's not a vote. I am leading in That's the polls. Out. This is the Look, preliminary polls. The,
0: po- the preliminary polls don't make it. What matters is My wife is matters a lot. Day.
1: I'm going to strangle you, <laughs> and there is no electoral college bullshit. This is a true Democracy. And like in a true democracy, I'm going to try to buy the vote. But people need to know that I'm right.
0: Look, I'm sorry. It's just that you guys are in the wrong part of the house to vote in this poll after I'm no, gonna some re- reworking you so of some hard. district lines. I'm, gonna, I'm afraid I'll your votes sh- just aren't eligible for this particular election. I'll show you
1: some district lines, Jake. <laughs> My wife's dream of making you live in the shed might become real. <laughs>
2: Jake, you could sweeten the deal with Kyle and tell him that we'll change his name back to Kyle from Kenny if he votes for Thin Mints. <laughs> god damn it. If he votes for Insmo, uh, is that son of a bitch he's staying Kenny, god damn it. <laughs> that's
0: right. <laughs>
1: There's a 50-50 chance that he forgets which way it is by the time he gets oh. through Twitter. And votes for the wrong one. I'm comfortable with (laughs) it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I would never feel comfortable with Kyle, like, pre-agreeing to any sort of selection on any sort of poll. (laughs) It's like, oh yeah, this is what I was gonna do. And he's like, well, on the day, it was raining, and that distracted me, and then I thought about this other thing... So by, by the time I got there, I just went, I, I don't know, I just did the one on top.
1: <laughs> yep, yep, that is <laughs> that is such a Kyle thing to do.
0: So uh, that, that does uh, raise the question, now that we've made Eric do one. But are we going to continue WTF
1: is COG, as Kyle no longer works for COG? I mean, probably not, but also you're the guy who determines the bits. But it doesn't make sense canonically now.
2: Okay, so you're going uh, on record that cuddly Orca Games is going to be the, <laughs> the final one. That, that's what this is. Yeah. This company is mm-hmm. for perpetuity now.
0: That's uh, yeah, that's, that's that's the canon answer. <laughs> yeah, all the rest were just speculation. This is the true one. Okay.
1: Yeah, in reality, they just were really big Orca enthusiasts. <laughs> they watched Free Willy way too much as a kid. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's why they needed the villa so that they could go watch Free Willy.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See. And they were really dedicated to trying to, like, replicate that whole, like, jumping over the stone wall thing.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was clearly an Oceanside Villa. We also know that there was a yacht that was purchased. Yeah. Why? Exactly. So they could go out whale watching. <laughs> Absolutely. It all adds and up.
1: All of the probes were about trying to determine, you know, cognitive manipulation so that they could get the orca to do what they needed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like when they trained like dolphins to uh, look for uh, mines. Yeah, except for you Uh, know, with less handies. Yeah. Well, no, (laughs) that was a different dolphin-based experiment. (laughs) That was the one where they were trying to see if you took, if you gave a dolphin LSD, (laughs) if you could communicate with it. Because that's what science was in the 60s and 70s. It
1: sure was.
0: (laughs) And that's how we got. I think that might have been 50s.
1: It might have been, but that's how we found out dolphins will bond with humans.
0: They sure will, to an uncomfortable level. <laughs> and sometimes the humans bond back, and they go, maybe we should stop this experiment, it's getting weird.
1: <laughs> I feel like we could have determined that with the whole, my methodology is jerking off a dolphin. Like, as soon as that paper got submitted, we could have been like, "Now
2: we're done. So uh, I just looked up. Because they did mention the Cayman Islands as well, I wanted to make sure that orcas were frequently around there. <laughs> they said, "Yes, rare and elusive killer whales, a mysterious presence in the Cayman Island region."
0: So yeah,
1: probably from COG. Worth, <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah, yeah. See, I wasn't even a money laundering thing at all. They just like going there because of the whales. Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't they have a bank there? They go there, like, a couple times a year.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love and I hate that this is now where we're going with
0: this. <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's
1: the truth, Eric. <laughs> and
0: sometimes the we'll, truth, we'll Eric. see as, uh, how it goes forward if we come up with a uh, new replacement for WTF and COG. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But uh that does leave the Cranston connection. Which was your job this week David? What? What Girl Scouts based connection do you have <laughs> between various characters played by Brian Cranston which we have determined are all one character in some form or fashion.
1: Correct. And uh we have here actually an interesting connection to something that later leads to a fourth wall break and actually some Interdimensional travel uh, with uh, our good friend Hal, a.k.a. Walt, as in the future when he has assumed his Walter White ego, there is a moment where he breaks the fourth wall and enters our dimension. And in this moment, there becomes a breakdown of the universes and a pseudo universe or parody universe is created in which Girl Scout Cookies, specifically Thin Mints, are laced with drugs created by Walter White, and it is the sensation that sweeps the nation, Jake. Thin Mints are meth cookies. (laughs) What? Thin Mints have meth in them. (laughs) Did you not see this? This was like around season three. Oh, dude, this was like around season three of Breaking Bad. There was like this whole parody thing about, like, the, instead of Breaking Bad, it was called Breaking Badges. (laughs) And, like, it it has, it started off, from what I can tell, as nothing to do or associated with the actual, like, Breaking Bad people. But then, like, Bryan Cranston, like, started talking about it on a talk show and then, like, started tweeting shit from it and stuff. And, like, people took that as him, like, actually endorsing it. When he was just like, oh, this is kind of funny. So seeing Walter White, uh, you know, embrace this parody and this, uh, you know, sort of different take on his work shows that he really has the ability to, uh, you know, merge these worlds. And as we can see, he has breached from one universe to the other.
0: Okay, then.
1: And Thin Mints are meth cookies. (laughs) Vote for Samoas. Do
0: they allow you
2: to see Mr. Waffles if you eat them?
1: (laughs) I would imagine so, yes. Now, they didn't mention this specifically, but uh, I would imagine someone as obsessed with them as you if you took heavy hallucinogenics. Yeah, yeah. All right, checks out. Where do I I I sign up? (laughs) I feel like you're advertising for us at this point. Oh, I am. (laughs) It's methamphetamine. It's not mushrooms. God. Look, I could see if it was like mushroom cookies or whatever. Like I, I can understand if it was weed cookies, but no, no, these are hardcore biker methamphetamine cookies, <laughs> and they are a menace. And you need to get these Girl Scouts under control. <laughs> They're working with criminal mob bosses like Walter White. I feel like that
2: wouldn't to be lace
1: their cookies.
2: A sustainable business model though, because doesn't meth like make your teeth fall out? Like it makes your teeth rot and fall out, right? So,
1: yeah, it 100% can. It's meth mouth, yeah. So,
2: like having meth in the cookies, I think would be like not a very good business model. You'd be losing customers eventually. Like you sell a box and then be like, right.
1: It's meth. You lose customers anyways. It's called an overdose. <laughs> That's why it's so important to get new customers. Why do you think they're always in front of Walmart, man? They're the only drug dealers that can deal in front of Walmart legally.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I think you've started this season off with the most batshit crafted connection we've had, David. And I appreciate Dude, that.
1: Uh, a hundred. You want to know how this came about, too? I came up with one, and then as I was reading through my notes, I was like, oh, fuck, I've used this one before. <laughs> like, word for word. Oh, so I was awesome. like, oh, I can't do that. And then the only other thing I could come up with was because I knew we were going to get into an argument about the Girl Scout cookies. So I was, and then like the parody came up in the back of my head and I was like, I got to Google this. And
2: yeah, that's yeah. pretty smart thinking. I wonder who would have caught it. Probably Erica. Right.
1: She would have caught it
2: if you reuse. Oh, my-
1: guaranteed. Or Luke at this point, because it was one that I've used like last season.
2: I think Luke only really focuses on like when you're really shitty to Malcolm. I think he tunes everything else out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think he forgives everything else. I think he catches it.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, all of his attention is funneled to anger at David <laughs>
2: <laughs> over what he says about
0: Malcolm in an episode. Oh,
2: boy, oh, boy. Oh, I man. I think in terms of batshit insane ideas, I think this is the episode that takes the cake. I think, like, the season six is just really off. We're off to a banger.
1: I don't think <laughs> this touches Eric's Francis off-scene bullshit. But <laughs> yeah. maybe in terms yeah. of We're close, but... a
2: specific... Whacked out thing. Okay. I, I'll grant you that that was a little bit. That was a little much for me. But in this episode, <laughs> we've all had weird shit going on. So it's not like us. True. Not a singular event. This is like the entirety of us. So.
1: I guess, yeah, the collectiveness of this episode is batshit crazy.
0: Yeah. Which I honestly feel uh, good about going into season six. <laughs> it kind of fits with uh, some of the places season six goes. It's got some uh, real weird stuff later on interesting <laughs> it gets pretty wacky
2: <laughs> okay yeah we just will uh warn the listeners that i will be coming on quite a bit now between season six and seven as it uh comes to a close so it uh, provided they'll have me you know I don't want to, see. we've already talked about I it. I mean, we but... got to see how the, we got to, we got
1: to see how the Girl Scout cookie <laughs> vote goes. Cause I mean, that could tip the I may have to start taking out the competition.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, and unfortunately, if you don't raise our product awareness with girls three to 18 by at least one percent, we will
1: have to get the show. Okay. Wow. <laughs> also fair. <laughs> Great quote. My mind went super literal with that, though. And I was like, maybe don't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe don't randomly message girls within that age bracket on the internet.
2: <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs>
0: what an episode. Dude, sure right? Well. What What is this?
1: This is the season without rails. Holy shit. <laughs>
0: uh and we still have one segment left david
1: oh yeah 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 yeah, my guessing game yeah we sure do i didn't do as good as i thought
0: i did okay Uh, yeah yeah because uh your guess for this episode uh was that uh reese would uh go awol which is uh accurate he did like immediately uh run off although you thought he would last longer i did yeah uh you thought that he would, uh, in order to, to like, try to get out of it, you thought that he would get married to a local woman, which, uh, was half right.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you thought that there would be some, like, uh, coping with, uh, life without Reese, which kind of happened, uh, though it was a little bit less, like, literal than what you were sort of laying out. Right. Uh, you were sort of, like, talking about how, like, his, like, functional role within the family as opposed to just, like, the... Emotional absence of their
1: brother being. Yeah, I didn't foresee them stopping being monsters long enough to miss him.
0: And you also thought that uh, Lois would get her job back in this episode, which obviously did did not happen.
1: She got a job, but it wasn't her old one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you uh, did, however, correctly predict that Lois would spend much of this episode arguing with the army over what happened with Reese. Uh, So overall, you did fairly well, but there was obviously some, like, half-right stuff and some blatantly wrong stuff sort of mixed in. So I gave you a 79 on this. That's fair. Then what do you think happens next
1: week on Busey's Runaway? Um, I think the Busey class comes back, obviously. I think that they, like, take off and the teacher is ill-equipped and incapable of uh handling it i think maybe uh do i think that it's because they're on strike i i think that they may be campaigning for better treatment or something or like just like like fuck you we don't have to do this kind of thing you know some some level of self-advocation i, I don't know exactly which angle they're gonna go for it but i think they're definitely going to be Basically, doing it to advocate for themselves, especially their teacher, sucks. And then I think maybe we're gonna see like Dewey getting removed from the class because okay. now we're back to like normal family stuff, uh, which means M- Lois can now acknowledge the revelation that Malcolm helped Dewey fail the uh, the test on purpose. Um, and I, I don't know if we're going to see any punishment from Malcolm. Who knows? I mean, probably, but I don't think it's going to be like a central theme of the episode. Gotcha. But I think we're going to see, yeah, Dewey getting removed from that class. And then, you know, they stage some sort of like uh, walk out or leaving or like basically like you can't make a stay here because of the way that they're treated. You know what I mean?
0: Okay. Uh, are there any questions you would like to ask him, Eric? Mm.
1: Do you think that we'll see Francis make an appearance in the episode? That's a good question. No. I'm going to say he doesn't come back yet. Okay.
0: Well, I think that wraps this episode up then. Uh, Eric, why don't you once again tell people where they can find you? Thank
2: you very much. File under
0: entertainment podcast with
2: Eric and guests available on all platforms. Spotify seems to be the fan favorite. It's uh, this season is the music episodes where myself and a guest each bring an artist where we discuss typically five songs uh, on the show about what the music means to us and what we think about it. And then we rank them and we play fun games. Like, is it Aerosmith? It's pretty great. (laughs) And then for any people that are a fan of sports, particularly college football, I also do uh, co-hosting on the evil Mark show, which also comes out every Thursday. So definitely listen to this show first. Life is unfair. And then if you like sports, uh, go over to evil Mark show.
1: And boy, if you want to learn more about me and really develop that parasocial relationship, go listen to the M episode of season two. (laughs) 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 Uh,
2: Absolutely. Yep. These guys have been on for H, for M, and Jake was on for Q. They'll both be coming back for S. Lots of fun.
1: Hell yeah.
0: We're going to be talking Sufjan Stevens for the S-Wed, at least for us. I know that.
1: Yeah, such a good musician.
0: And it looks like uh,
2: everyone has spoken. They want me to talk about Spoon. I was kind of wavering between three artists, and so I put it out there, and so Spoon got the most votes. So
0: that's who we'll be talking about.
1: <laughs> that's an interesting cross-section, Spoon and Sufjan Stevens. I like it.
0: Well, that's, that's just me on high school, Dave.
1: Right, right. Dude, I was just thinking that. I was like, man, there was a, there was definitely a period of time where that was just a playlist of mine. Yeah. <laughs> It should be fun. They always are. Looking oh, forward yeah. to it.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, thanks and credit to Jacob Neufeld, who does our intro and outro music. If you would like to find more of his music, you can find that in the episode descriptions. Along with links to uh, Eric's stuff whenever he's up. And if you would like to get in touch with us, you can reach us by email, where we are life is unfairpod at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us on Twitter, where we are unfair underscore podcast.
1: And if you enjoy the banter back and forth here and want to join us live, Head on over to twitch.tv slash LPDeathRay, where we play video games, interact with chat, and in general, have a good time. We're live every night, but Friday and Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. It's a ton of fun. Uh, Oh, and I should mention now that coming up soon, in November 5th, we're doing a 24-hour live stream event that benefits the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. Uh, Our donations specifically go to the Denver children's hospital and if you guys don't know the story about that that hospital and the specialist there saved my son and they did it without taking our home i i cannot speak their praises highly enough so please come out if nothing else if you've never come to twitch or never come to twitch again for anything else come hang out it's gonna be an amazing time any support helps and uh the more people we get involved with this, the better it goes.
0: Yeah, I, even if you can't, like, donate monetarily, it, it does help if you're just there and, like, hanging out with us. And that's a lot of fun.
1: It is. Here it here. is. We try to make it a ton of fun. Yep, for sure.
0: And as always, remember, life is unfair.
1: Oh, can you guys still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, my uh, computer just, like, spazzed out and, like, eight different programs just opened up.
2: (laughs) The Eric curse. Apparently.